to the Negotiation Society podcast. I'm your host, Durin Ergun, and I'm excited to have you here today. With summer just around the corner, we all know that negotiation is about to kick into high gear. That's why I've invited a true expert in the field to join us today. Vince Brook, the head of a consulting at the Gap Partnership, he brings incredible three decades of experience in FMCG, and he has an unmatched expertise in negotiation. Whether it is tackling cost price increases, joint business plans, trade terms, or handling procurement or even trade unions, Vince has seen it all. So get ready to dive deep into the art of negotiation as we tap into Win's wealth of knowledge. So we will explore practical tips and strategies, and hopefully we will elevate your negotiation game. So let's get started. Vince, very warm welcome. Thank you very much, Durin, and for that very generous introduction too. <laughs> you are very welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you today because, as I said, negotiation peak season will start soon. So before we dive into that, I want to ask you something else, a personal question, because you have been working in roles where negotiation was crucial for your success. So I'm curious to know what your fascination is with negotiation. Yeah, and, and thank you for the 30 years experience, making me feel very old. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I guess from a negotiation, it's been integral to, yes, my career, my personal life as well. And I think that's one of the things that I find fascinating about it. It is integral to all of our lives, both our private lives, our professional lives. And yet, we still come across people who say they don't negotiate. Well, I've got news. Everybody negotiates in some way, shape or form. Perhaps they just don't realise it or perhaps they don't prepare for it, maybe. But when you think about what negotiation is at its most basic level, it's when two or more parties come together to reach an agreement. And um, when you think about that, that can be as simple as negotiating with your kids to get them ready for school in the morning or with your partner over where you're going for a meal that night or on holiday, perhaps. Of course, you know, in your professional lives, commercial is obvious, procurement is obvious, but marketing with agencies, legal with contracts, trade union, you just mentioned a little bit earlier. All of that is about wanting to do better business with each other. And of course, you've got ne internal negotiation. So everybody wants to be there. Everybody wants to get better agreements, do better business with each other. But of course, we also do want to have that meal out. We do want to have the holiday where we want to have it. So uh, it affects all of us in all aspects of our lives. What do you believe, Vince, is the most common misconception about negotiation? The act of negotiating is something that only happens at the end of business planning, where you've developed an, an initiative, maybe product or a service or a solution that you're trying to execute, and that negotiation happens once you've done all the planning at the end. Now, at that point in time, if your negotiations are successful, you'll secure the value or incremental business that you're looking for, or alternatively, you might end up trading some of that value away and, and you know, eroding some of that value. So the important thing and the misconception is that negotiation principles are far better applied at the start of business planning rather than just thought about at the end. So if you think about the principles of negotiation, um, thinking about 
um, business planning, you, you'll often think about um, what our business needs. You'll think about what the counterparties you're negotiating, what their needs are. And if you're in FMCG, like I've been for many years, you'll think about the category needs. You'll think about the shopper needs when you're developing your initiatives. But it's not very common that business planning thinks about negotiation within those planning principles. So if you start to think about what type of negotiations it is, value distribution or value creation, where the balance of power sits, what our appetite for risk or reward might be, all of those things will help you build a forecast and a projection that factor those elements in, making your planning much more robust. So don't just think about it as an, an activity that happens at the end of the planning, think about negotiation principles at the start. So that's the first thing I would say. But then the second thing would be around who conducts those negotiations and who's involved in those negotiations. So again, the misconception is that it's all to do with sales or procurement or whoever is executing the negotiations. And I would argue this um, very differently, um, that when you're planning an initiative, um, I've lost count of the times I've had to encourage a cross-functional team to be involved in negotiation planning. It's absolutely critical. So therefore, when you're training or educating negotiation skills, it's really important that not just the people executing negotiations have them, but those involved in the planning are also understanding and you've got a good common language and understanding of negotiation because your planning is much stronger that way. So if you've got a cross-functional team, it's really important that you have leadership involved for critical high-impact decisions, but also think about how market and business has developed more recently. So the importance of subject matter experts, so the development of e-commerce or digital, and then with so much of it played out in trade press these days, the role of corporate communications, which is often missed out. So there can be lots and lots of different functions and people involved and the bigger and more involved the cross-functional team is, the stronger. But perhaps for many of our listeners, identifying or deciding on negotiation principles at the start of their uh, business planning process will be very helpful and something pragmatic they could immediately uh, start thinking about. Uh, could you maybe give some examples of what you mean in what negotiation principles can be? In terms of principles themselves, you start to think about how we're approaching these negotiations. What are, what elements of negotiation are fixed? What elements of the negotiation variables are movable? The guardrails that we want to put around each of those variable levers or, or um, um, negotiation elements um, all of those types of things are decisions that will f uh, feature and factor into how you approach a negotiation. Are we being competitive? Are we being cooperative? Are we trying to create mutual value together? Or actually is the value fixed and therefore we're looking to distribute or redistribute value? All of those things will turn into principles that affect how you approach a negotiation. Hopefully that gives a bit of guidance and ultimately it's about uh, principles that help you navigate as a team to ensure that we do the things that we agreed that in the way that we agreed that we would do them. 
one of the common things is, of course, uh, and I'm sure you encounter that also often, is time management. A lot of people, because of team changes and the amount of negotiating needed with um, all the uh, price pressures there are in the market, uh, time available is very limited. So what would your advice be to negotiators to balance the preparation time with all the limitation and the tight deadlines they are experiencing? Well, as a negotiation consultant, I'm always going to say planning and preparation. There is no substitute for that. And that is absolutely true. Making sure that high impact decisions, your objectives, your breakpoints and some of those decisions making sure you've got full alignment to those decisions across everybody involved, stakeholders, decision makers. This is still one of the things that is frequently overlooked, either not done well or not done at all, worse still. So absolutely critical to have those things done and your planning done robustly up front in any negotiation. And interestingly, when we do negotiation reviews, rather than being you know, people often think about planning and preparation as a time drain, ironically. And frequently in the post-negotiation reviews we've conducted, especially leadership, will call it out as ironically being a time saver, because all you're doing is front-loading your decisions and planning, and you're reducing the amount of ad hoc reactive decision-making that you need to take during a negotiation. If you haven't planned and prepared, you end up having to make lots of decisions during a negotiation. So it's actually not more time, it's just front-loading the time rather than adding time. And that's, that's maybe another perhaps misconception. But that said, in the marketplace we've got at the moment, it is fast-paced, it's very dynamic, there's a lot of changes going on. There are some things that you can do to help speed up that process a little bit. So things like where you've got repeating or reoccurring common negotiations, set out your guardrails, set out your golden rules, if you like. So what are those principles we were discussing about? What's your approach for, for those common negotiations that are repetitive? Because once you've got those established, it's just a case of going back and revisiting them rather than starting them from scratch each time. So there are certainly bits that you can do to help efficiency. And let's be real, it will remain a challenge to do it properly, but making those uh, right priorities in your planning is fundamental. So we're not talking about the best case scenario, but the worst case scenario, you have a quite an important negotiation, unexpected negotiation coming up. Yeah. What would be then the three things that you would definitely do? Absolutely get the negotiation scope fully flushed out. Absolute crystal clear understanding for your objectives, your breakpoints, for both parties, yours and the others, understand your appetite for risk and ensure you've got complete and utter alignment across all decision makers up front. So for me, that is one of the most critical elements of planning. Beyond that, then, of course, you want to put a framework around your negotiation, have real clarity around um, the phases of the negotiation, what's going to happen at any phase and what's going to trigger you between the key movements. One of the one of the risks that we often come across is without this framework and staying in charge of your negotiations, you've got no controls in place. So therefore, you can have a series, a set of moves that you might consider in a negotiation. 
um, things that they want, things that we want, and you've got a series of moves that you may consider during the negotiation. If you haven't thought about when and why I would move between those proposals, you, you can easily find yourself at risk of moving through them far too quickly without any thought or logic. So put some controls in. And then the final thing would be, you know, stick to your plan. Of course, review it. If things change, that's absolutely fine. Circumstances change, but stick to your plan. I, I think it's one of the other issues that we often come across is negotiation has a uh, a, a format, a, a an approach, and therefore lots more activity happens at the end of a negotiation when the pressure starts to increase. And if you try and rush through your proposals or get an agreement done early, of course, what you're risking is conceding value or making unplanned proposals towards the end to you know, attempt to reach an agreement quicker. Are there any final thoughts for leaders that you would like to give uh, before they uh, how in how they can set their teams up for success for this fall? Yeah, well, yeah, make sure that you are working with your teams. As I said earlier, it's going to be a cross-functional team and leadership play a critical role in that. Making sure that they have all of the resources, all of the functional um, teams operating together and that they allocate that um, time up front to support the team, providing real clarity around objectives, breakpoints and all the things that I've discussed earlier. So leadership are critical in that upfront piece, but they equally play a, a really important role during the negotiations themselves, supporting the team, making sure that communication is aligned, that everybody has a consistent message that they're sending and that they support the teams, measuring them, recognizing progress appropriately, not falling into the trap of putting their teams under pressure. So. You know, again, I, I hear this type of thing frequently, that coffee, <laughs> coffee machine moment where, how's it going? Give us an update. What's the latest? You know, all very good questions. They want, want to understand that. But unwittingly, that, again, can add pressure to the negotiation team thinking they've got to get it done, which is why I say systematically putting in a regular touch point so that everybody knows when we're going to check in, it then becomes a part of doing business and part of tracking the progress rather than, you know, um, ad hoc tracking. Thank you, Vince. It was great talking to you. Thank you very much, Durin. Good negotiating. Yeah. <laughs>